Shalom Mishpocha. Shalom family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. <laughs> We're the Mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people. Where the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile, it's finally come down to form one new man. Getting ready, Mishpocha, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone, everywhere, to hear the good news. We want everyone, everywhere, to be red hot for the Messiah. My guest, and she's been a frequent guest on Messianic Vision, is Joan Hunter. And I have to tell you something, Joan. When I first got a hold of your book, uh, Supernatural Provision, Financial Freedom, and your two CDs, End Time Economics and Financial Freedom, uh, I, I said, I, I'm not sure I want to deal with this subject. And uh, there's a personal reason, Joan. And here's the personal reason. I see many people look at God as a sugar daddy. Mm-hmm. And um, all they have to do is pray, and then they'll get, they'll get anything they want. And if they give $1,000 to a particular ministry, uh, their marriage is going to be restored. And uh, I don't want to judge anyone's heart, but I almost call it a gospel of greed as opposed to there's a bib, there are biblical principles, and I totally understand them. But it's almost, it's been abused, and, but you don't want to throw out the baby with the dirty bathwater. Do you understand where I'm coming from? I totally understand. And, and there was a period of time, and I believe that the pendulum is swinging back, that it was all about me, let's get rich, 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 rich. Well, the Bible talks about that we are to have so much money that our grandchildren will have a ton of inheritance which means that we're going to have a lot of money. I personally believe we can have all the things of the world as long as the things of the world don't have us, number one. Number two, there is more talk in the Bible about finances and blessings than love, which God is love. And obviously God felt that it was more important to spend time on that and explain godly principles about finances that we figure, well, love, yeah, we're, we're really into love, but, oh, you know, don't touch my money. Don't talk to me about money. And, but God it wants to supernaturally bless us financially. And the thing is, is that God, um, I've always said for many, many years, God wants us to be a river of finances. Now, I'm hoping and believing God's given me a couple of witty inventions. I presented them uh, to, sue, to uh, some companies this week. And it was like, this is great. In the name of Jesus, it's going to come out, and it's going to bring millions of dollars to me personally. And what am I going to do with those millions of dollars? I'm going to be a river, and it's going to flow through me right into the ministries, you know, like Messianic Vision, and it's supernatural, and, and uh, you know, because I'm a monthly partner with you. Uh, both me, Hunter Ministries, and Joan Hunter Ministries are all partners with you. And that's what I want to be, is I want to be a river of finances, help funneling what God is doing. And and what concerns me is that many people felt the way I felt. They They would see that it was almost manipulation over money, and they get turned off. And But I'm convinced 
that we're coming in to some very extreme economic times on planet Earth, and we're also simultaneously coming in of a shift of the finances into the hands of believers that God can trust. And if we do not understand God's principles for our pattern, if you will, to be blessed financially, how in the world can, and, and this is in reading your literature, how in the world can we fulfill Deuteronomy 8.18? That's right. And the thing is, is, as you said, a very powerful statement there. God is looking for people he can trust. He is looking for sowers, not blowers, not people that just blow the finances. And in regards to the river of finance, river, you know, God to use a river of finances, let it flow through me to help fund the kingdom of God. That's why God is blessing me astronomically. And I am so excited to be able, I can't wait to write out a tie check for a million dollars. I just think that would be so exciting. And not to mention all the offerings that go with it. But what happens is that I was leaving, uh, flying out of Minnesota a few years ago, and I looked down, and I said, oh, here's all, you know, of course, land of lakes and all the rivers. And, and I was looking down at the rivers. I'm like, Father, I just thank you that I'm going to be a river of your finances. And I was just praising God. And, and he says, look at the river. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, yeah. And he goes, what's on the side of the river? There's banks. And you can be a river of finances, and yet your bank can be full, too. And God wants us to be blessed financially. If all of a sudden we get a letter from, you know, Sid Roth and says, I need an extra million dollars to help with this project that I'm doing. Okay, no problem. Here's an extra million dollars. This is what God wants us to be able to have the capabilities of doing, that we can just, as God leads us and as God blesses us, that we can direct these millions and billions of dollars into the kingdom of God. Uh, you know, I'm reminded of a scripture, <clears throat> of two scriptures. Uh, Romans 11, 11 says, Salvation has come to the Gentile to provoke the Jew to jealousy. And I, I believe that someone like a Joan Hunter will get have a dream uh, or a vision and have a new invention and kind of do it on the side along with everything else she is doing and make billions, and then brag on God. Not brag on Joan, brag on God. And boy, are you going to provoke a lot of Jewish people to jealousy. As a matter of fact, you're going to provoke a lot of non-believers to jealousy. And the good news is, you're just following the pattern that God has established. I have told people, I said, you can't win a Jewish person to the Lord if you drive up in a car that's going ka-chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. <laughs> Did you want to win a Jewish person to the Lord? You have more money than them. You have a more prosperous business than them. And I said, this is what God wants. He doesn't want my faith laying hands on my car, hoping the name of Jesus is going to start, hoping the name of Jesus, I have enough fumes to get me to church. He wants us to, the Word says he's going to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. And the need is a car that works, and the need is gasoline for that car. He's going to supply all of our needs. Well, and, and you know, the the wonderful thing is I'm talking to you, Joan, someone that was raised in a very prosperous family, has never known a day uh, without food on the table, has never known a need in the financial arena. Uh, they can preach all they want, 
but that doesn't have as much meaning as someone that came from your background. And the last time I interviewed you, I was actually shocked as I realized how tough a background you had, because those that are not familiar with Joan Hunter, you're probably familiar with her her parents, Charles and Francis Hunter, known affectionately as the Happy Hunters, who are now just as happy as ever in heaven. Uh, and uh, But the background you came from, paint a picture of one of the worst memories you have of your financial need as a child. As a child, I remember just my my brother having to go into dumpsters while my mom and I, like I'm like three and five years old, are standing on the outside as he is going in there digging for some nasty leftover fruit and, and giving it out to mom. And then we go home and cut out enough for my brother and I to share a bowl of peaches or different different fruits. And I understand what, you know, I, I would pray. We weren't saved at the time, so mom didn't understand that, you know, we could pray and God would supply all of our needs. And so mom did whatever she could do to help provide food for us. And, and I, I, you know, I, it's just her supernatural determination in life. Um, that has, is something that has been passed on to me, that if she was a no matter what kind of a woman, so am I. And you just press through no matter how difficult it is, you know. And I thank God that I'm not there now, that I can go buy a bushel of peaches and give them away as in comparison to digging in the trash can to hopefully get enough to, you know, to satisfy my hunger. And, and, you know, you picked up some of your mother's gifting and uh, your enthusiasm for how God wants to bless us financially just comes across in your teaching, the two CDs, End Time Economics and Financial Freedom, and your brand new book is literally just off the press called Supernatural Provision, Financial Freedom. Uh, you share stories and they're just everyday people. So Everyday people can relate. It's not someone that has a powerful television ministry that's saying, so into my ministry and, you, and, and, and uh, God is going to bless you. It's everyday people, not necessarily in ministry, that are tapping into these principles. And the enthusiasm that you have, it, it, it just jumps off the pages. It jumps off the CD. <laughs> And I, I am a radical giver, personally. I love to give. We give somewhere between 30 and 50% of our income away. And I am, I'm planning on next year giving away more than I made this year. And, and I am just, I'm so excited I can hardly stand it. So, so if God is looking for someone to trust, do you think they're going to trust a, a stingy person or someone that is the river? It just comes in and goes out. <laughs> gets the money and totally blows it on junk. And but he's looking for people that will help fund this end time revival because I know that that we all could use millions of dollars to do what God's called us to do and to fulfill the vision that he has given us. And and the scripture that you emphasize a lot is Deuteronomy 8:18. 8, and you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. I, and well, I, I want you to elaborate on that scripture when we come back. But uh, on tomorrow's broadcast, 
but I need you to be one of the end-time financiers of the kingdom. God needs you. He doesn't want you like everyone else. He doesn't want you with your hand out. He wants you to be a giver, not a taker. And he is going to give back more than you've ever imagined or conceived. Get these tools. I tell you, you'll go to a next level. Available for a gift of $35. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. The scripture we ended with yesterday when I was interviewing Joan Hunter is Deuteronomy 8.18. And it says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Uh, Joan Hunter, what is God saying to us in this scripture? So often people read that scripture, God has given me wealth, and it says God has given me the power to get wealth. He's given you the power, the wisdom, the knowledge to get wealth, not just in the natural knowledge, but he will give you in the spirit knowledge, Ephesians 1, 17 through 19, that he's going to give you a greater spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that pertains to finances. He's going to give you witty inventions. Uh, by the way, speaking of inventions, you, uh, you, you were talking about uh, someone from Texas that only went to the ninth grade and he had a dream about some new equipment uh, to, the, to invent. Tell me about him. It was, he's an awesome guy. His name is Keith Miller. It passed, he, he's an evangelist here, and he is such a neat guy. And, uh, and he was talking about how God had given him a, a dream, which is dream in Texan. And, uh, and, and he said, you know, he, he sat down and he drew the dream out, and it was a, a piece of machinery. So he found some engineers, and they said, this is absolutely the most incredible piece of machinery I have ever seen in my entire life. Where did you get your engineering degree? And he says, I got it in a dream, a dream. <laughs> like, I've not heard of that school. What school? And he goes, dream, 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 you know. And, uh, and they finally understood that he got it in a dream. And he says, I don't even, I, he, I don't know if he finished even the ninth grade of education, but he's a very knowledgeable man, you know, he's author and everything now. But God gave him this dream, which helped bring millions of dollars into him and his ministry. And don't depend on your education. I have another lady friend who, after listening to my seminar on finances and the CD on end-time economics, she got a hold of this revelation, she says, God's going to give me, this is so exciting, God's going to give me a witty invention. I'm a hairdresser. I'm going to design a whole new line of hair color. That's the natural man. And so she, a couple days later, she goes, she's so excited about the dream and the vision and, and the, the chemicals and the bio and the chemistry that's going to be involved in the new hair color and da-da-da-da-da. And then all of a sudden, God says, you know, gives her a dream about a machine for an ophthalmologist. I'm like, I don't even know how to spell ophthalmologist. <laughs> you know, she has this piece of machinery. She takes it to a group of, of ophthalmologists, 
And they said, this is incredible. We need to market it to every single ophthalmologist in the world. You know, and where did you get it? I once again got it in a dream. Well, what we want to do is we want to offer you. I know this is really, really low, but we want to offer you, you know, it's really low to begin with, but this is just the beginning. We want to offer you $20 million for your idea. Uh, you know, I understand why you don't like to look at the news on television and hear the gloom and doom, uh, which is uh, that, that anyone watching the news is going to come up with gloom and doom. You've got too many good things to look at. I, I agree. We need see so many people are lining up with the world instead of the word. And and you listen to the news. Oh, this is so horrible what's happening. You know, I, I sit at the airport waiting for my multiple plane trips. That's when I listen to the news. Now, I'm aware pretty much of what's going on. But for me to sit there and listen to the news, I get on the plane and I start hitting the side of my head trying to get the junk out. Number one. Number two, I'll put my hand and raise it over my head like a razor and go, in the name of Jesus, I cut those words off. That is not affecting my house. That is not affecting my ministry. That is not affecting my life. It's not affecting my children's life. And I cut those words off in Jesus' name. They have no power over me or my family or any of these ministries in Jesus' name. So many ministries are cutting back and saying, what are you, how are you handling all these people that you're having to let go because of finances? I'm like, I'm not letting them go because of finances, you know, and then we're expanding, we're building, you know. You know, the same thing is going on in our ministry, too. I believe, uh, this, this is what I believe with all of my heart, Joan, there is a shift going on in ministry now. And God, if those that are not walking holy are going to be demoted, if you will, and suffer the way the world is, and those that are walking in holiness, God's going to elevate right now. I totally agree with you. And God is watching uh, out over his children. And it is so incredible. There's a scripture that I absolutely love, and it's in the, the New Living Translation. And it is Ephesians 2, verse 7. So God can point to always point to us as an example of his incredible wealth, favor, and kindness in all he has done for us through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to be an example of his incredible wealth, of his favor and kindness in all he has done for me through Christ Jesus. Well, uh, Joan, this is a question that many people ponder. Here in America, the land of opportunity, uh, we see a lot of people that prosper. But what about a third world country? Uh, someone that can't put two dimes together. Um, how does studying the pattern and the principles in the Bible with finance affect them? Do you have any firsthand experience? I have incredible firsthand experience. Um, actually, I have one, and Mom's got one. But last, uh, oh, like a year and a half ago, two years ago, sometime uh, in the past, I went to Haiti right after the earthquake. And we went down there, Curse of Spirit of Trauma commanded to go, and millions of sicknesses have been prevented because of the trauma going. Millions of people got saved. And I, so I preached, I was teaching the pastors, about a thousand pastors down there. And I said, the Word of God works in Haiti like it does in America. It's, you know, Ephesians 2, verse 7, Deuteronomy 8, 18, those different scriptures, Philippians 4, 19, my God's going to supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Those apply here in Haiti just like they do in America. 
Don't be looking at rich American Christians. Look at rich Haiti Christians that God wants to raise up. And and I did my teaching, and you know we weren't going to receive any offerings and all that kind of stuff. And you know, and all of a sudden we're we're singing praise and worship, getting ready to go have lunch, and the people started. God moved on them. They started bringing money up to the platform. They would empty their pockets out. Everything they had left. You mean they they caught the scripture? You didn't even have to say anything. They would empty their pockets of everything, and it would be the equivalent of two cents for us. And they emptied it, and we just we had hats to, you know for shade on, and we just used hats for for offering buckets, and then 700, 800 people were were flooding to the front. It was, I mean, I'm up there weeping and weeping because it's like God, they got it, they got it. And hmm. the prayer is that you that are listening will get that God wants to take care of you. He cares about your every need. And as they're walking back to their seats, their cell phones were going off with jobs. And money is pouring in. The church that we go under, the pastor, when we go to Haiti, his church just raised in three months an extra 25000 U.S. dollars over and above tithes and offerings for their new expanded building. In Haiti, it's a church of a 1,000 people. Uh, tell me briefly uh, a, a story of a third world country that your parents were involved with. That is Ukraine. They went over to the Ukraine years and years and years ago, probably 25, 30 years ago. And it was so impoverished at the time. They said, everybody can take two suitcases, one personal and one of clothes to take over there and to leave. And so everybody got over there and mom preached, you know, prosperity at God's way and not the spirit of greed, but the spirit of giving. And, and so they were talking about that, and people were getting it, and they had given in the offerings, you know, and that type of thing. And, and they came home, and then they went back a year later, told everybody, take a second suitcase of clothes that you could leave over there. And they get over there, and people are dri- driving up in Mercedes, Cadillacs. It's like, are we in the right place? And uh, this is Ukraine, where you had to stand in lines to five, ten blocks long to get one one can of beans. That's how poverty they stricken they were. Right, and it was unbelievable. And then we get in, and and the people there, they've got you know how women sometimes they'll have a suit and they'll have a matching purse, and they're going to have matching shoes, and they're going to have a matching hat. Not to mention the gloves. They were looking really, really fine. And it was like, mom's like going, what happened? And they go, we got the message. We caught the vision you were talking about last year. And those people, the people that brought all the extra clothes, took them home, gave them to Goodwill, you know, or or another organization. Uh, If these principles can operate in the third world country, they can operate no matter what happens to the economy in the United States. God has principles. He has patterns for you to be blessed. And many Christians, good Christians, have thrown out the baby with the dirty bathwater because they've seen the abuse in uh, in raising money and uh, that you see all the time on radio, Christian radio and Christian television. And they, they've seen that uh, it's a greed motivation. But God wants you to walk in in his spiritual principles, and he wants to bless you as much as his heart was to bless Abraham. Now, now, Joan Hunter, where the rubber meets the road, is not what you preach. 
It's what you live. Tell me how these principles have released open heavens in the financial arena over your family. The Word of God says, number one, we're to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. It doesn't mean to exclude your family or yourself. The financial blessings, as I talk about, are not to exclude me and my family. I practice what I preach in every area of my life. As I teach and as I minister, I do majority of it, and my books, are majority of it, are based on personal experiences, which I think are the best. Now, in regards to my family, I could spend the next 80 hours just telling you some of the things that God has done in my family, uh, specifically financially. Uh, many years ago when my uh, daughter was pregnant with her first child, and, and the baby was getting ready to come in a few months, and then they looked at the price of, of disposable diapers and, you know, cloth diapers. And they, you know, weighed out the finances, and she's phenomenal at, in the area of finances. And she says, well, in order for us to have disposable diapers, you know, the daddy, Ted's going to have to go and get a second job in order to do that. And we'd rather have the, the cloth diapers so he could spend more time with his son. And, um, you know, natural mind, grandma, okay, it's better for the baby to be in the disposable. I can help with $25 a week maybe or something like that. And trying to be as the mother and the grandmother to help in the natural. And I said, you know, and I, then I went and priced them. And I'm like, man, that's enough for a day or two. And I'm like, no wonder he doesn't. You have to, they're so expensive. It's crazy. And so I said, why don't we just pray and ask God for, for to bless you with some diapers, you know? And let's ask, you know, you've left God out of the scenario, which is good to plan it financially, but you got to let God in there too. It's like, oh, mom, you know, like God's going to bless us with diapers, you know. And so anyway, I, they live in Nashville. I flew home to Houston. The next day I got a phone call saying, does your daughter need diapers? And I'm like, uh, yes. And, well, I live in Nashville, and I have these boxes and cases of diapers, can I take them to her? I'm like, yes, didn't need to pray about that one because <laughs> we'd already prayed. The next day, the lady comes, and she puts three or four massive cases of diapers on the front porch, rings the doorbell, and my daughter, Charity, goes to the door, opens the door, and is trying to see who it is behind all these boxes. And the lady says, uh, here's some diapers. Can you help me get the other cases out of my van? So she brought all these cases in and uh, and then continued giving more. We had another source that gave us some more. And I have um, three grandchildren from that daughter and another daughter that has one. And they're still using some of the diapers that were given over almost seven years ago. You know, God is a very generous God abundantly above all we could ever ask, hope, or dream of, even to the point of diapers. Uh, how, but I think this is pretty amazing. How about the need for college? How'd you handle that with all these daughters? <laughs> so many times, and, and the, the process of, of what I went through about 12 years ago and having to be divorced and, and because of biblical reasons and a variety of other things like that, and, and um you know, and, and standing, praying, believing, and he's the one that made all the money. And then I, we had three girls out of the four in college at the time. Mm. And I'm like, God, how am I going to do this? I can't even do food, much less pay their college. Two of them were in a community college. The government 
call, uh, just started sending money, send them monthly checks so they wouldn't even have to work, that they could just go to school, pay for all of their school, all their car expense, all their gasoline, their, their everything, all their expenses. Uh, while they were in college, I had another daughter who was a, a senior at Oral Roberts University who's now a doctor who was up there, and she got a scholastic scholarship. She got a grant from the government. She has already been turned down. Uh, from the government and everything. And she just, I mean, out of $17,500 for her senior year, this is years ago, out of $17,500, she had to pay $1,400 for a senior year. I couldn't have even gotten food for six months for her for that amount of money. You know, if it works for you, if it works for your family, if it works in third world countries, then if it's not working, that means that you have to figure out where you're missing it. And there are many hidden hindrances and roadblocks to receiving finances. Uh, give me an example of some. There's so often times that people are wanting to get from God, uh, not just receive, but get from God. But the Word of God says in Luke six thirty eight. If we give or as we give, we will receive. And as we give, there's, there's conditions for God's promises. It doesn't say God's going to give and give and give and give. It says as we give, as we do our part, we're going to receive. Now, that means obviously finances because that's what we're talking about. But as you give love, you're going to get love pressed down, shaken together, running over. As you sow in hate and judgment, you are going to reap in hate and judgment. And God wants to take, um, he wants to bless us, but he doesn't want to bless our greed. He wants to bless us so that we in turn can bless other people. And there's many times through the scripture that it talks about that we need to, to give. Once again, Deuteronomy 8.18, he's given you the power to get wealth. People are praying, God bless me, God bless me, God bless me. Father, I thank you for, you're going to meet my needs, but they're not willing to give. And then, then it's like, Father, I thank you. Somehow or another, you're going to supernaturally bless me. Oh, man, I am, then the conversation, I am so tired. I am just working morning and night, and I, they've given me 20 hours of overtime. I'm so exhausted. You know, Father, I thank you that you're going to supernaturally bless me financially. And it's like, hello, God is. You know, he's giving you 20 hours of time and a half or, or double time. And so often the, the answer to our financial needs shows up with overalls, that we've got to work for those finances. I, I think people are, are in a fantasy uh, when it comes to these principles. And, and by the way, when someone follows the principles that you outline in your new book, Supernatural Provision, Financial Freedom, it works in every area of their life. Every area, every country. It's not just money. Mm-hmm. It's, it's their marriages. It's their health. It's everything. It's, I mean, God is interested in the whole person. Right. Totally. And this, you know, you're listening to the program, it's like, well, they just want money. Well, you know what? We, both Sid Roth and Joan Hunter, want you to be blessed. This is not about how we can get more money. This is about how you can be supernaturally blessed, supernatural provision. I mean, how exciting would it be to write a tie check for a million dollars? 
You're going to have so much left over. You can send a million. It's supernatural. And God wants to bless you in every area of your life. And when I sign all of my emails, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Tell me about the cars. Your family has an anointing for cars. It sure does. And it is awesome what God is doing in the area of cars. I had, um, I had my, my daughter, again, Charity, who was expecting number two, and she's now had three. And when number two was coming, she says, we've got to get a bigger car because my car can't handle two car seats and the seat belt's broken. And, you know, and it's like, and she's like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to afford it. You know, I've, I've just started a new business and da, 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 and, and, uh, and I don't know how I'm going to do it. And, and I said, and she says, I've got $6,000 saved up, but that's not enough to buy like an SUV type car. And, you know, and I said, well, why don't you, uh, and I said, I really appreciate how good you are with finances, how you have this whole thing planned out. And I said, you are phenomenal at what you do. I said, but you've kind of left God out of this. And, and I said, why don't we pray and ask God to bless you a car? Once again, oh, Mom, they don't say that anymore. They just go, go, Mom. <laughs> and thank you, Jesus. And, uh, and so I had a prophetic word for her, and God says that God is going to bless her with a car, which will be part natural, part supernatural. And so she says, okay, you know, we'll just kind of see how it pans out. And, uh, and so the next time I came to see her, and she was still pregnant. She had a picture of the car on her refrigerator, the car, and underneath it, the car that God's going to bless us with. And I thought, yes, they do listen. They do listen. And, uh, and so a, about a month later, she was still pregnant. A friend of mine had two vehicles, and she was going to get rid of them. And one of them was the one that she was going to get rid of is the sister vehicle to what was on the fridge. Same color, same interior, every... Joan, we're out of time, but we'll pick up right here on tomorrow's broadcast. You have to get her brand new book, Supernatural Provision, Financial Freedom, and the two CDs, End Time Economics and Financial Freedom. I tell you that there is such an anointing for finances on Joan Hunter, it's going to rub off on you. Available for a gift of $35. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. You were telling me on yesterday's broadcast uh, the car story, but it's more than a car story, and and you'll elaborate, uh, because it's not just one member of your family, but how many members of your family have gotten cars supernaturally over the last couple of years? Seven out of seven. I have four daughters and three of the most incredible sons-in-laws, All seven have gotten new vehicles in the last two, two and a half years. Okay, tell me the story. Recap the story and then tell me the conclusion. We had to stop at such a critical moment. (laughs) So hopefully you're you're waiting with anticipation for the end of the story. I'm on the edge of my seat. (laughs) She had saved $6,000, and I gave her prophetic word that God was going to bless her naturally and supernaturally. A friend of mine was was, uh, selling one of her cars exactly what she had wanted. Backseat had never been sat in, mint condition. And uh, so she, she, uh, the lady offered it to her for $5,000 under wholesale. So she thought, this is great. I can put $6,000 down, and then I've already saved $5,000 under wholesale. So this is great. There's where God blessed me. 
you know, and she had a note for $9,000. It was a, it's a phenomenal car. And, and she said $9,000. So she had a, got a loan for $9,000, $50 a month. She said, I can handle $50 a month. She paid the first payment. They sent back a letter saying paid in full. How come? How could that happen? God. Laid <laughs> on their heart to just wipe out the rest of the debt. And that's what God's doing. Oh, it, it, have you heard stories? I've been starting to hear stories about money appearing in people's bank accounts that are givers. That is so true. I, I mean, dozens of stories. You know, $750, $300, $1,200, you know, all these different amounts are, are showing up and they're going, there must be an error. You know, you go to the bank and it's like, there must be an error. No, it's a, not an error. There's money in your account where deposit was made. And it has, you know, it has your thing on there. And it's like, okay, in the natural, I don't remember doing it. But God is blessing us with finances. Now, it, uh, explain something to me. You, you enjoy writing checks to ministries and, and people in need. When you write a check, tell me what you do. What, what do you pray? And you talk about uh, you, you get specific. I love giving. I'm sure anybody listening to these radio programs can definitely tell that. I love to give. But you know what? People get tired of, like, $25 check or $100 check, you know, and, and even amounts. I believe in praying and asking God, number one, more important, how much should I seed? every month, how much should I give into this ministry? How much should I give to Messianic Vision? And I'm excited to be a part of this ministry as a partner and, and to be a, you know, be a blessing to this ministry. But I pray and I ask God how much I should partner with, with you. And, and God does that, which is so awesome. There's another area which I talk about uh, in the book, a supernatural provision. I talk about scriptural giving. Many of you are confessing, my God's going to supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. You know, Deuteronomy 8.18, you know, he's giving me the power to get wealth. He's giving me witty inventions. You know, he's, he's blessing me and all these different things. And we proclaim that we speak him over our finances. Well, the word also says, you know, and, 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 and sayings, it's like, well, put your money where your mouth is. That's a saying. And it's like, okay, put my money where my mouth is. What does that mean? Okay, here we have Philippians 4.19. I want God to supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm going to give a check for $4.19 or $419, lining up the number with the number in the Scripture. Chapter 4, verse 19. Right, Philippians 4, you know, 19. So $4.19 four hundred and nineteen dollars, whatever it is. And then, you know, man, I am just expecting supernatural financial blessing. And I want to be, Father, everything you want me to be. I just speak, you know, Deuteronomy one eleven over me that I'm gonna be a thousand times more numerous than I am. Okay, Deuteronomy one eleven. How about seating? A dollar eleven, eleven eleven, a hundred and eleven dollars a month. And I love giving $111. But here's what I see is going on with you, Joan. I'm kind of an analytical kind of guy. What you are doing is you are establishing a tremendous point of faith for your giving. 
It is. And 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 you you have faith to believe that when you take a scripture and then you give to a godly ministry or someone with a with with a big need that that God is going to multiply that beyond your wildest imagination. But I believe your your faith is so contagious that when people read your book and listen to your tapes, that contagious giving spirit is going to jump on them. And the same thing that's happening in third world countries, the th- same thing that's happening in your family, the same thing that's happening to everyday average people that you talk about in your book, in your CDs, is going to happen to them. Absolutely. And I see it everywhere I go. And, you know, as people give into the offering, and I'll say, okay, like one lady gave, this is last year, $111, you know, literally a few months ago, $111, and she was believing God to have supernatural finances so she in turn can go on more missions trips and to do more of what God has called her to do. And she was so excited about that. This is Friday night, Friday, 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 very important here, Friday. Saturday, she gets a phone call saying, we've decided to totally wipe out your mortgage on your house of like $250,000. How could they do that? They just did it, just like that. And it was like, man, what can you do <laughs> that you'll, you won't have a house payment? How awesome is that? Well, your stories are so outrageous and so many because you've been practicing this so many years. Yes. Uh, Now, what I love is your stories about giving $91 or or, uh, multiples of 91 from Psalm 91, which is one of my favorite psalms. Uh, Tell me a testimony uh, involving someone giving $91. You make it so hard to only give one testimony. I know. Many of them. But like when I went, I'll I'll give you kind of like one, but it's like three. Went to Haiti last year, went to Haiti this year, went to Nueva Laredo uh, this year where they cut women's heads off. Hallelujah. And ministered in open air meetings. Um, and all that, and believe me, I sent, I seated $91 before all three trips and came back from Haiti, never got sick. And I mean, supernaturally, our home team did not get sick because they all seated $91 and then went to Nueva Laredo. There wasn't even, I mean, like even nothing, zero complications, zero problems, and were in, in Nueva Laredo. Absolutely perfect, calm, no uprising, no arguing, no nothing. It was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, tell me about that friend of yours who seated $91 for her son-in-law that was in the military. That was awesome. A jet plane, he, he was responsible for fueling the jet planes in Qatar, either Qatar or Kyrgyzstan, something like that. And, and he went, and it, it actually didn't explode like in fire, but it exploded with the gasoline doused him, top of his head, soles of his feet, lost his vision. And they actually put him in uh, a shower, scrubbed him with iron bristles, top of his head, soles of his feet, and, and then uh, they put him in a medicinal coma and, and um, made him sweat so that the poisons would get out of his system. And, and I got news of that, and, and I knew that she had seated $91 for him. I said, Father, there's something wrong with this picture here. 
You know, we're not, we don't want him to be going over there and to lose his eyesight, to lose his family, to lose his life, to lose his future in Jesus' name. And I said, according to your word, you're going to protect him. In the name of Jesus, we speak that his vision is going to be restored. Ring! Telephone. He got his vision back. He got his vision back <laughs> supernaturally. And, you know, and it, it was out and, and absolutely zero effect on his body. Zero. And they said that can't be because of the poisons in the natural that would go through the body and play havoc on him the rest of his life. And that was actually probably six to eight years ago, and he is in perfect health today. Are you beginning to get the picture that God has not overlooked you, that God has a plan for good for your life, that God wants you to operate in these biblical principles to be involved in the end-time harvest. And Joan Hunter has been uniquely raised up by God. She knows what it's like to have nothing, to not understand the principles of God, and knows what it's like to understand the principles of God. And she doesn't give money out of greed. She gives money because... Her heart is so excited when she can give to establish God's kingdom. Joan Hunter is so excited about the revelation, and that's what it is, and that's what it takes. The revelation of God's purpose for you in the last days, and it's all involved in Deuteronomy 8.18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant. Uh, Joan Hunter, it's all there in that verse. This is what God's up to right now. He is. He, the Word of God says in, um, you know, in, in Malachi that he will prove me now here with your tithes and offerings that I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings. Now, in, in the book, and, uh, and it will help you walk through this, but there is reasons and hindrances for the blockage of finances coming. Uh, you were telling me about someone that got a hold of these tapes and listened to it a f uh, maybe four times, and it wasn't working the way you said it was supposed to work in their life. Tell me what happened. I have, as she actually works for me, and she says, God, I'm here answering the telephone, all these incredible financial testimonies coming in, and how come it's not working for me? I've listened to this CD again and again and again. How come I'm not seeing this? How come everybody else is seeing it? How come I'm not seeing it? And what's going on, she's kind of arguing with God, you know, and just, you know, sharing her heart really with God. And then God in turn says, you have listened to it, but you haven't done it. Now, and she goes, oh, <laughs> Maybe that's it, you know, and and then she says, "I'm gonna start doing this." She lived in a mobile home. Faith without works is dead. That's right. She lived in a mobile home that was really, really run down that she was renting, and with her son, and who was a teenager. And she says, "Father, I just, you know, I, I help me with, the, you know, giving him a father image and things like that." Well, within within three months from that, she met the man of her dreams. They're now married, moved into a beautiful two-story home, absolutely incredible. They recently rented that, moved into a five-bedroom home, and they're, rent, they're, you know, just expanding 
and and remodeling it and on and on and on you know and she's got a beautiful diamond ring she's got an awesome husband she's got you know a a bedroom and and three to spare it's just you know awesome what god is doing and he's an awesome godly man but you know what whatever is blocking the blessings of god these these teachings with the book in particular will tell you how to break any form of hindrances that's keeping blank from coming, a blessing. And on the end-time economics, I say, if you're having problems getting pregnant, and I said, you know, or if your children are having problems getting pregnant. I had a daughter that was having a hard time conceiving over almost three years. And so I said, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I command all hindrances from keeping that baby. And I said her name under my breath. You can't hear it, but I said it as I was praying over everybody there. I said, I command all those hindrances to go in Jesus' name. My daughter got pregnant four days later. You you know, uh, and, and that's the point. God wants you to be the head and not the tail, and not for greed, not for the toys of this earth, but for the kingdom's sake. And tell me about that woman in Nebraska and her home. Well, this is she. She seated in one of the meetings. She had also seated in her church, and uh, you know, and blessed. And she says, you know, I want a new home. I want to be able to get out of my apartment and get into a home. And I want a home that I can use for him. It was a single female. She didn't necessarily need a large home. Well, in Lincoln, Nebraska, they give away uh, one home a year. They build it and then they give it away. And they give out 15 keys to 15 different people. Whoever works, the key that works, that's who gets the home. And she's seated. And within, I think, two weeks, she went to that house that was finished and she lives in that house because her key fit. And you just pull out the key out of, you know, a whole bowl of keys, and her key fit. Perfect. She has a beautiful, it was estimated at 250000 in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, tell me about the couple that got approved for a $25,000 car and what repentance, that key, how that worked. Oh, that is really powerful. You go in there, and it's like, okay, your budget for is a $20,000 car. The guy says, but you can qualify for $25,000. You know, it's like, well, we really budgeted for twenty, But you know what? We, can, we, ha- we have good credit. We can go for the $25,000 car. So what they did is they got the car for $25,000, and then they, they got the car. Then the payments started coming. And they started getting further in debt and further in debt, and they're going, what's going on here? And the amount that they were going in debt is the difference of the $5,000 loan on the car. They had walked in disobedience. They had it set what they felt like God wanted them to do, and they went in disobedience and got the car that, you know, that they were talked into, so to speak. And they recognized the fact that that was sin and sin of disobedience. So we had them repent, let them in a prayer, which we do that in the book, repent for disobedience, because disobedience is the deadbolt on the windows of heaven. Disobedience is the deadbolt on the windows of heaven. And so they repented for their sin of disobedience. And we said, Father, you know, I let them in the prayer. We are, we are sorry for what we did. Here we are. What should we do now? I thank you. 
you know, here we have repented. I thank you for helping us either sell this vehicle or show us a way that we in turn can can pay for the car and keep the car. And and within uh, within two weeks of that and seeding for that car to be completely paid for, um, they they were able to uh, pay it off in just a few months. It was a supernatural thing. It was awesome. There's power in repentance. In addition to repentance, some people, they seem to never be able to get ahead. Even though they're making more money than they've ever made in their life, they're always in debt. It's almost as if they have a spirit of poverty. That is very true. Many times, like, okay, we're going to curse the spirit of poverty, and the curse of the spirit of poverty is gone. Well, you know, that's great, and I'm a real proponent of that. But unfortunately, with that spirit of poverty needs to go a changing of the mind, a renewing of the mind, and getting out of the poverty mindset. It's like, you know, I placed a call to somebody the other day, and I said, did you hear what happened at this house? And they go, no, what happened? And I'm like, it's actually pretty exciting, but they were anticipating it to be really bad. And I said, the neighbors are getting a new fence, which means they're getting a new fence too, but they don't have to pay for it. And and the mindset is, oh, what happened? You know, doom and gloom. Oh, what happened? And we've got to get rid of that poverty mindset is like looking. Listen, just listening to you for 30 minutes gets rid of every poverty mindset and makes me and makes those listening to you feel like if Joan can do it, I can do it. Well, the Word of God applies to Joan, but you know what? The Word of God applies to you, too. When you understand that God wants to supernaturally get you out of debt, He wants you to bless your socks off, and so you can buy new socks. Glory to God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that he just wants to bless you, you know, and, 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 you know, I had, I think the best, absolutely phenomenal father in the world, Charles Hunter, and his desire was to bless me, bless me, bless me. And that's our father's heart. He would have done anything for me. But you know, there are a lot of people listening that didn't have good mothers and fathers like you did. And they got these, this image of God that is wrong. And my natural father abandoned me before I was born. And then he came back with horrific stuff. And so I understand what it is. But God sent my dad to me, Charles Hunter, and to show me what true God-like love is, unconditional love. And, and, and this, is, this is a very, very powerful teaching. When I went through horrific financial times uh, about 12 years ago, I thought, I'm going to ask my parents for money to help me. I, I, you know, I need help financially, uh, and I'm not going to make it if, unless they help me. And I reached for the phone to ask them to send me some money because I know that they would have done it in a moment, would have wired it, whatever I needed. And as I reached for the phone, God says, are you going to trust them or are you going to trust me? It's time you grew up. And they didn't know what financial struggles I went through until my book came out on how God had healed my finances. And, and, you know, it's like, why didn't you tell us? I said, because God wanted me to learn to completely trust him. I, I think, Joan, 
I think there are people listening to us that want you to move in with them and become their mentor. Well, you can't do that. But you have written this brand new book, Supernatural Provision, Financial Freedom, the two CDs, End Time Economics and Financial Freedom, and the entire Freedom Package is available for a gift of $35. Get it? We want you to be someone that funds the End Time Harvest. Joan and I together have enough vision for you to pour your money into to reach so many souls that Shabbat broadcast. Let me bless you. The Lord has blessed you. The Lord has kept you. The Lord has caused his countenance to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord has granted you his shalom, his completeness in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body, in the name of the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, Yeshua HaMashiach Tzikenu, Jesus the Messiah, our righteousness. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural!, Visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpucha or Chalitzim, write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina. 28278. To place a credit card order, call anytime 1 800 447 2697. For all other calls, the number is 704 943 6500. That's 704 943 6500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, send a donation to Sid Roth. That's S I D R O T H. Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.